Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, tonight's study is going to be a little all over the Bible. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to ask you to do something as a prelude, uh, you need to mark three places in your Bible because we're going to be going to each of those three places. So first, if you would, you need Isaiah 58. Isaiah chapter 58. And so I've been tearing little pieces of paper. I put them in there. You can use a pen in the seat back in front of you if you want to mark that spot. Isaiah 58. We're also going to be in Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. If I'm going too fast, let me know. Isaiah chapter 58, Matthew chapter 7, and then the third place, we're going to James, the book of James, because I just can't get enough of getting punched in the face. (laughs) One of you guys thought that was funny. Just James, yeah, just James. The whole book. We're just gonna read the whole book tonight. We're not gonna read the whole book. We're gonna we're gonna get pieces of it. James. So, so tonight in the chosen episode seven, we had the opportunity to see Nicodemus meet with Jesus. Wasn't that cool? Like the the leader of the Pharisees from Jerusalem sits down with Jesus. And I love that part where he says, uh, he says, "You must be born again." And he's like, forgive me, but I don't think my mom's going to be okay with that. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, God rest her soul, he says. <laughs> um, it's, it's, a, it's, a great, it's a great scene because even though it's not biblical in the sense that, that Nicodemus and Jesus never really got to have exactly that conversation, um, Nick, in, in the historical accounts, Nicodemus actually did get to speak with Jesus, and according to his writings, which are non-biblical, uh, they were, it was a powerful meeting. It mattered to him. Uh, made an impression. Then we also got to see Matthew's calling. So <laughs> Peter's like, not that guy. Not him. <laughs> which, I don't know who, who else was around when Jesus called me, but I feel like that was <laughs> like, no, 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 watch out for that one. Uh, but it was, it was a good good scene as well. Tonight we're going to be talking about, uh, I had originally titled this A Firm Foundation after obvious verses in Matthew, Uh, but in praying about it I've decided we need to go under the foundation to the roots. So tonight we're going to be talking about how rotten roots bear rotten fruits. And I hope that uh, in discussing this with you guys this evening it'll be edifying and something that you can use in your walk and maybe for, for also your community. So First, I think that it's important to establish that there's a difference between a new follower of Jesus and a mature disciple. Do you guys agree with that? Have you seen that progression perhaps in your own walk? There's the new follower thing, and we've talked a lot about that over the past several weeks in this Bible study, the idea of turning from something dark and terrible to the light, to being made new. We talked about that 
two weeks ago. Uh, but there's this there's this maturation process, this maturing that happens that that Jesus talks about in Matthew chapter seven. So if you would, in Matthew chapter seven, this is the Sermon on the Mount. It's a it's I mean the whole Bible is very important, but like, this is one where you can highlight it about four different colors and keep coming back to it and and it's it's a lot of Jesus's teaching condensed into a couple of chapters very very powerful but Matthew chapter 7 verse 16 Jesus says this you will know them by their fruits are grapes gathered from thorns or figs from thistles in the same way every good tree bears good fruit but the bad tree bears bad fruit a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. And so we ask, well, what does that mean? And tonight we're going to talk about roots and fruits. Because here Jesus is, is using a very simple analogy, comparing people, specifically those who, who teach the false prophets, comparing people to trees. Well, unfortunately... A, <laughs> If you're a bad tree, what does that mean for you? Well, you get cut down and burned. And well, we know that the good news of the gospel is there is a transformation that can happen there. And so we're going to go all the way down to the roots, and we're going to talk about the roots. Has anybody ever grown a garden before? Okay, so this past, this past Sunday, uh, not this Mother's Day, but the previous Sunday. So I know that's a, a long way to remember back, but Pastor Tim was talking about his, his terrible attempt at a garden. <laughs> and if you're listening to this, Pastor Tim, thank you for the analogy, because I have also been there, spent way too much money to grow tomatoes in my backyard, only to waterlog those suckers and rot out the roots. And guess what happens? Crummy fruits. There's, there's this idea in scripture, and we're going to unpack it today, that, that to be forgiven to be under the blood of Christ, to be repentant, or as the evangelicals would say, to, to have salvation, is not necessarily the same thing as being whole, complete. We're going to explore that today. Uh, let's go to James chapter, chapter 1. I told you we'd be flipping between these three places. You might as well just hold them. James chapter 1, verse 2. James is a very, very interesting letter. James was the brother of Jesus. There's two James disciples. James was the brother of Jesus. And this letter was written before he was martyred. So he was a leader in the church at Jerusalem. And this is his final say. This is his final sermon, his final letter, before being martyred for the faith. And, and I love it. If you read Paul's letters, he spends at least 10 verses being like, hi, guys, how's it going? I'm Paul. So good to talk to you. Remember me? And and like greetings here and there. James is like, I'm James. That's like the first verse. And then the second verse is, <laughs> my brothers and sisters, count it as joy whenever you face trials of any kind, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its full effect so that you might be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. Hi, I'm James. Life's hard. Get excited. <laughs> There's more to it than that. But, and, and I'm not making light of this. This is really powerful and important. James spends a long time in his letter taking the good news of the gospel. We are forgiven. 
and pairing it with the very, very difficult, the narrow way that Jesus talks about in chapter 7 of Matthew. The way is broad that leads to destruction. And many there will be that find it, but the way is narrow and difficult that leads to life. And few there will be that find it. James spends some time putting those two traditions together. And tonight, as I'm talking, I want, I want you to picture you and your life as a tree. And you have roots that go really, really deep down, right? And then if you look at the fruits of your life and you go, wow, that was a bad fruit. I need forgiveness for that fruit whatever that might be. Maybe you said something stupid to your kids. Maybe you dropped an F-bomb from the podium. Don't do that. Uh, maybe maybe you cheated on a test, whatever it is. Right? You've, you've borne bad fruit in your life. And if you're only looking at the surface, then you ask for forgiveness for the sin, but you never ask where the rock came from. You guys feel me? So there's forgiveness. That's the good news of the gospel. There's forgiveness for the rotten fruits. But the, the rest of the good news of the gospel is you don't have to remain with rotten roots. And we're going to be getting into Isaiah chapter 58 today to talk about what it looks like to dig deeper, to dig into those roots and to pare them out. Right? Because, because the discipleship process is, is this. So if, if you're planting a tree, if you're a tree, if your life is a tree and your job within the gospel, is to bear good fruit. Then you mend the soil. The soil. That's how you build, grow a garden. That's how you plant a tree. You mend the soil. You make sure everything's there that needs to happen. You know, anybody ever tilled before? It's really hard work, especially with those front loaders. They, they like take you down the... No? Okay. Well, I, it took me down the track. <laughs> like, this thing's really hard. Um, then you plant the seeds. You water them and they grow. And this is James one. This is James 2. How do you grow? You face difficulty. Growth is the response to difficulty. That's what growth is. Okay? We grow. And then what happens? Well, you bear fruit. Hopefully you spread some seeds. Then you get pruned. And then you bear fruit. Hopefully you spread some seeds. And then you get pruned. That's the life of a tree that bears fruit. You guys understand? Really? Or I have said this way too fast. Okay. Okay. So that's discipleship. That's the process of discipleship. And Jesus compares this to a tree bearing fruit. And when I talk to men regularly and they're upset with some of the fruit in their life, more often than not has to do with the roots that are unaddressed. Things under the surface that go way deep down that need to be dug up and dealt with before good fruit can come. Say this with me. Rotten roots, rotten roots, bear rotten fruits. Okay. So, what are rotten fruits? James chapter 2, verse 18 James chapter 2, verse 18 through 19. I told you I like James because I like getting punched in the face over and over again. I was raised as a kickboxer. It's just it's a, it's a fork. <laughs> getting punched in the face is a good, good learning lesson. James chapter 2, verse 18. He was dealing with people who were like, all you need is faith. Someone will say, 
You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I by my works will show you my faith. You believe that God is one? That's great, but even the demons believe and tremble. 10 I'm going to challenge us to dig a little bit deeper, looking at the fruits of our lives, and, and to, to find those places where, where we can invite God into those rotten roots. And that's what we're going to discuss this evening. This is the firm foundation that Christ talked about. If a man listens to my teaching, he will be like a man who builds his house on a rock, right? And if you don't listen to his teaching, you don't do what he says, you're like a man who built his house on sand, right? We're, we're, we're even under there, in the roots, okay? I'm excited about this. I hope you are too. Look out. All right, Isaiah 58. Because this is an Isaiah study after all. And if you turn to this page in my Bible, you'll be really wigged out because everything's highlighted and underlined and squared and boxed, and you can barely read the words anymore. <laughs> but Isaiah 58 is is a wonderful picture of, of the four things that we can be up to to dig into the roots, to dig deeper and address these rotten roots. And, and Isaiah is an interesting book. We've been in this this whole time. We're almost done. We got through chapter 61 together in our reading, right? And then I got a few more chapters to go. Isaiah is a really interesting book because unlike, you know, if you read First and Second Kings, it's like this happened and this happened and this happened. It's really cool, really powerful, but it's also linear, very historical, right? Isaiah, Isaiah could apply to you right now. Isaiah could apply to the nation of Israel. Isaiah could apply to the U.S. Isaiah could be speaking prophecy about Jesus, right? It's, it's very difficult sometimes to understand what this chapter, these chapters in Isaiah are trying to tell you. We've been, we've been picking pieces of those over the past several weeks, but Isaiah chapter 58 gives us some insight to this whole root problem. So we've got four things we can be doing to dig deeper and deal with these roots. The first one we're going to talk about tonight is prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. So you don't have to turn there, but since I have you marked on it, I'm going to read you Matthew 7, chapter 7, verse 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. And everyone who asks receives. And everyone who searches find. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be open to you. That's Jesus speaking. Pray. Ask for what it is that you want. Later he says, If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more so will your heavenly Father bless you? And so in Isaiah chapter 58 verse 2, this is Isaiah speaking to the people of Israel. Day after day, they seek me and delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation who was practicing righteousness and did not forsake the ordinances of their God. They ask me of righteous judgments, and they delight to draw near to God, and they say, verse 3, why do we fast? And you don't see, God. Why do we humble ourselves, but you do not notice? They're saying, we're asking, we're praying, 
We're going without food. Why aren't you answering our prayers, God? Well, verses 5 through 7, uh, God says, well, this verse 3, excuse me. Look, you serve your own interests on your fasting day and oppress all of your workers. Look, you fast only to quarrel and fight and to strike with a wicked fist. Such fasting as you do today will not make your voice heard on high. And then God tells them how to fast. Is this not the fast that I choose for you to humble yourself? Bow down. Will you call this a fast and a day acceptable to God? This echoes James. You don't have to turn there if you don't want to, but James 4, verses 2 through 4. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly. Did you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? So when I was a kid, my mom would say, Alex, this is my house, my rules. Anybody ever said that to the kids? <laughs> you ever heard that, Jordan? My house, my rules. Yeah, I saw him nudge his dad there. <laughs> I heard that before. My house, my rules, right? So let's say you've been kind of a punk kid all day. Not followed a single rule. Disrespected mom and dad all day long. And then, at the end of the day, you want something. For me, I always wanted to go spend the night at my friend's house, right? It's my you know, young kid memory here. But you could insert anything. I wanted to play a video game. I wanted something special. I wanted to stay up late. Whatever it is. What does mom and dad say? Well, good mom and dad says, <laughs> no, no, you haven't followed any of my rules all day long and you want something from me now? No. Sorry, no. But what about the really smart kid who butters you up just before they ask the question? Some of us have young kids in the room. We haven't experienced this yet, but Jordan's not looking me in the eye. He's like, oh, dang it. The smart kid hasn't followed the rules all day long, but they're smart. So they spend 10 minutes. Can I get anything for you, Dad? Is there anything you need? Wow, you're such a good dad. This is already done, yeah. So can I go over to so-and-so's house? Are you kidding me? That's what this good behavior is all about? And that's what God's saying to the Israelites here. You've been living a ridiculous life, and you think fasting for one day and asking for your special favors is going to change anything? Rotten roots. Bearing rotten fruits. Right? Fasting and prayer is a discipline to free and clear the mind and put you in touch with the heart of God so that your prayers are aligned with what he wants. That's what James says. If you are a friend with God, your prayers will mirror his will. That's really hard for me because I want what I want, right? There was a time in my life where I was praying for healing for, a, for my niece going through brain cancer. It was very, very hard. The answer was not, yes, I'm going to take this tumor from this 18-month-old baby. The answer was, mm, I'm not going to cry up here. But she said, she said to me in a dream, I'm where I want to be. And she was sitting with God. And that's not what I wanted to hear but it was, it was peace. The will of God was that that little baby needed to be with him. 
I don't know what went wrong in her brain. But the prayers I was praying for healing was not was not the will. What's really cool about God is, well, even when he doesn't give you what you want, you go, that was right. That was good. There's more to that story. But for the moment, I just want you guys to know that the first thing we can do to dig into these rotten fruits, rotten roots, excuse me, is to observe the discipline of prayer and fasting. I was sitting down at lunch with a guy today. He said he was going to be here tonight, but apparently baseball practice got him. Dang it. Um, I was sitting at lunch today with a guy who just lost his job. And and he actually seemed pretty kosher, chill about it. You know, he's got some severance coming, no big deal. He says, God's got this. I was like, great. Is that why you're fasting? Because he came to lunch with me and he's like, oh, I'll just have water. He's like, oh, no, I wasn't fasting. But I should be fasting. I was like, well, you just said you want a God to, like, talk to you and show you the way and help you see the next chapter. And this guy's been a Christian for a long time. He's like, man, why didn't I even think to fast? I don't know, man. I guess maybe you just needed me to tell you this would be a great time to fast. Prayer and fasting is a very, very powerful way to dig to the roots. To dig to the roots of the problem that are bearing rotten fruits. If you find yourself regularly asking for forgiveness or regularly unhappy with some of the fruits in your life, the first thing I would call you to do and the first thing that Isaiah calls them to do in chapter 58 is to fast rightly. Not like, oh, I want something, so I'm going to fast so I can get it. But God, I want to be hungry enough to hear from you. God, I want to be clear enough and quiet enough and satisfied enough to wait in your presence until I hear from you. That's what fasting is. So if you haven't fasted for a while and you're angry at your fruits, let's do it. Um, If you don't know how, come talk to me after this. I have a, personally, I have a fast planned for uh, praying for the children's ministry in our church. I believe God wants to raise up some spiritual fathers among our congregation. And I'm asking the Lord of the harvest to bring the workers. If you have something that you're praying for, you don't know how to fast, come talk to me. It's not magical. I'll just tell you to go without food, but we can still talk about it. Number two, if you want to dig in, um, let's flip to Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. The second thing we'll explore in Isaiah in a moment is we need to dig into service. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. What does it mean to do the will of the Father? Well, it means a lot of things. But in Isaiah chapter 58, Verse 7 and verse 10, we have a very clear call to service. 
In verse 7, he says, When you fast, should you not share your bread with the hungry? I'm going to add, it's not like you're eating it. <laughs> and bring the homeless poor into your house. When you see the naked, to cover them. And not hide yourself from your own families. That's verse 7. In verse 10, he says, If you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light will rise in the darkness. Your gloom will be like noonday. And in verse 8, he says, Your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will spring up quickly. Service is hard, especially if we feel like we're already not happy with the fruit. Maybe we have some pain we're dealing with. Maybe finances are not right where they need to be. Maybe we don't feel like we have time. So serving seems like just the icing on a very terrible cake. I thought that way about service at one point in time. I had way too much going on. <laughs> My wife's like, you should teach Sunday school with me. Like, we already have kids at home I barely like. <laughs> you go hang out with some other kids, man. Here's the thing. Don't be a pansy. Don't do it. I remember I'd, I'd be serving and somebody would say, oh, I just got burnt out on that. You ever worked out really hard? Like your muscles are burning, you're out of breath, everything sucks. It's not fun. You want to puke? <laughs> Maybe you did. <laughs> you know what's weird about exercise is uh, the point of exercise is actually to get down to the very like depths of the cell and tell the cell you're not good enough. What we've got going on right here is not enough. We need more, man. And you know what's cool is our cells are actually capable of that. You work out hard, the muscle burns, it really stinks, you hit muscle failure. Don't drop the weight on your face. And if you survive that, next time you come back to the weights, next time you come back to the workout, you're a little more resilient than you were before. You have a little more muscle mass than you had before. You have a little more mitochondria and a little more blood volume than you had before. Your body can adapt. But it only adapts in that, that tiny, tiny moment when you're not enough. Service is kind of like that. I hear people say, I got burned out on that. Like, oh, don't, no, don't, oh, don't, no, 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 no. That was when it was getting good. You weren't burnt out. You were being carved out. There's a difference. Now, there's some men in this room who understand what I'm saying, and there's some men going, oh, I don't, I don't quite know what that feels like. You're getting burnt out on something. It's a really good sign. It's, you're starting to grow. Don't be a pansy. Don't give up. That's uh, James. He doesn't say it like that. But let's, let's go see what James says. So I don't put words in James' mouth. James 5, chapter 10. He uses more biblical language than don't be a pansy. James 5, verse 10. As an example of suffering and patience, beloved, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord, and we called those blessed 
who showed endurance. I want God to say that about me someday. Thank you for showing endurance. I still have a long way to go. But I hope he says that about you too, and I believe that has something to do with digging to the rotten roots. That's yielded a lot of fruit in my life. Service drove me all the way down to the roots. The third thing we need to dig into is forgiveness and confession. Forgiveness and confession. So Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. I know it's really hard to flip through this like this. I know it's been very complicated, but thank you for hanging with me. Matthew chapter 7, verse 1 says, Do not judge, lest ye be judged. For with what judgment you make, you will be judged. And what, what measure you give, that's the measure you'll get. Why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye, but don't notice the log in your own eye? Or how can you say to your neighbor, let me help you with that speck? Well, you have a log in your own eye, you hypocrite. First, take that log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your neighbor's. Those are Jesus's words. And in Isaiah chapter 58, The second half of verse 9 says, If you would remove the yoke from among you, that means the burden, and stop pointing the finger and speaking evil. Ooh. If then, then what? <laughs> he says, The Lord will guide you continually, this is verse 11, and satisfy your needs in parched places. He will make your bones strong, and you will be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. Man, if we're going to dig into these roots and bear better fruits, we're going to have to dig into forgiveness and confession. I've sat across the table at lunch with a lot of men who have said, I've never told anybody this, but... And it might be a sin they're confessing. It might be something that happened to them. And they just needed to say it. I've been carrying this around for 40 years. Here it is. You don't have to turn there because I've been making you turn all over God's creation. But in James chapter 5, verse 14, he says, If anybody is among you who are sick, they should call for the elders of the church and have them pray over them, anointing them with oil. Verse 15, The prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up and anyone who has committed sins will be forgiven. But don't forget verse 16. Therefore, confess your sins one to another and pray for one another so that you might be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. In my life, there were things that needed to be spoken. I had bad fruits. I had lust in my heart. I had things that I was doing that I was sick of doing, but I couldn't make myself stop. Bad fruits. 
And it wasn't until digging all the way down into the roots of my own life and confessing those things, things that happened to me, trauma as a child, man. It wasn't until then that actual healing could happen. There's a difference between trying to catch the apple tree apples before they fall, the bad fruits, and killing the root that's making the apple tree apples. I don't mean to be speaking in riddles. This is really important. And, and for me, this was the end of a generational problem in my family. And he says in Isaiah 58, 12, your ruins will be rebuilt. You will rise up foundations of many generations. You will be called the repairer of the breach. Do you know what that is? A breach is a gap in the wall, a broken place. And Isaiah says that if you'll dig into these roots, if you'll make confession, if you'll say the hard thing in brotherhood, if you can say the hard thing, it will help to repair the wall, the broken parts in your family. They will call you the repairer of the breach. Have you heard this? It ran in my family until it ran into me. That's what Isaiah is saying. Just because it's been this way doesn't mean it needs to keep being this way. And all we got to do is say it out loud. If you're a guy in this room who hasn't gotten to say what he needs to say, I hope you'll find a brother in this room and say it. You'll know it's the right thing and the hard thing. It brings tears to your eyes to start saying it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The last thing we need to dig into if we're going to get into these rotten roots is restoration and worship. This is Isaiah chapter 58, verse 13. Jesus echoes this in verse 6 of chapter 7 in Matthew. He says, do not give what is holy to dogs or cast your pearls before swine. Isaiah chapter 58, verse 13 says, If you refrain from trampling the Sabbath, which is supposed to be holy, from pursuing your own interests on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and a holy day of the Lord honorable, if you honor it, not going in your own ways and serving your own interests or pursuing your own affairs, this means if you make time for me, if you said it, not me, Alex, me, God, if you make time for God and you're not like, oh, I have to work. I have to do this. I have to do that. I got to make my garden where I'm going to rot my tomatoes. <laughs> I'm going to make, I'm going to make that time. We talked about the Sabbath in week two. So if that's a really complicated topic for you, go jump into that. It doesn't just mean Saturday or whatever. He says, then you'll delight in me, the Lord. That's worship. You'll delight in me, the Lord. I will make you to ride on the highest places in the earth. I will feed you with the heritage of your ancestors. This is the word of the Lord. Now I know I have asked you to flip through a bunch of Bible verses tonight. And I hope that if this made your head spin a little bit, you'll go back and listen to it. But if you don't hear anything else from me this evening, rotten roots bear rotten fruits. And we as believers, if we're going to be mature, we have to dig those roots up. 
We have to dig those roots up. Bearing bad fruit for the rest of our life is not what God has you here for. And I'm sorry, there's no man perfect in the room. So that process never ends, guys. The process of pruning and, and bearing fruit and spreading seeds and pruning and bearing fruit and spreading seeds, it never ends until you're dead. And then who knows after that? But it's quite the adventure. And the way we dig into these roots is through prayer and fasting, at least according to Isaiah chapter 58, prayer and fasting, service, confession and forgiveness, and in restoration and worship. Those are the ways. That's how we dig into the roots. And this is what Isaiah called the people of Israel to do because their foundation was garbage. Their fruits were rotten. And God was calling his people, God's calling his people here in Greenbrier to do the same thing. Deal with your rotten roots. Not that any of us are going to be beyond forgiveness. But tomorrow I hope you don't have to continually ask for forgiveness for the same stupid fruit. Moving on. Fresher peaches. Now if I'm a tree, I'm a peach tree. I'm claiming it. These peaches are awesome. It's time to dig in, guys. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.